Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air Tuesday evening, March the 21st, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Looking forward to really awesome Socratic conversation, seeing where Mother will lead us this evening. Uh, Me and Phil will be back with you in just a few moments here. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, good evening, Phil. How was your day today? Very good day. Very good day. And as we know from the truth of God, very functional day, so it doesn't mean that there were not challenges or things to overcome, but each day from Yah is a good functional day because it gives opportunity to learn and grow and learn more about faith and and Yah. And this is this actually where we're going to start, and we'll just see where Yah takes this. We were walking yesterday evening, and we were on the backside of the walk, and we were talking about some things, and this is one of those where it just came in my mind and that would be a very good podcast topic or a way to facilitate and move forward. And we were talking a little bit more and it came on my mind a few more times. And this morning thinking a little bit more and asking mother that, you know, if there's anything else she wants us to talk about to make it clear. And this one kept coming up. So what we're going to start here is on this. And this is something that is just a huge thing. And, much misunderstanding on this aspect, but this is so important, not only in faith in Yah, or especially when we're talking about the true faith in Yah, but in the world, your daily life, and it's about judging. And just like with, as we've said many times, when we bring out scripture by Yah, It is not for you to listen to us and just say, well, that's the truth, that's it, and don't need to evaluate. No, listen to what we're saying, but weigh it against what the Bible says. Weigh it against the truth of God, and then with Yah's help, you come to the conclusion on this. And even with the statement that's on the podcast that says, you can't judge me, exclamation point, realize that that right there is judging you saying to somebody you can't judge me well you're making a judgment on that person because you're making a statement of no you don't have any authority to judge me you know only people will say this well you can't judge me god is the only one that judges me god's the judge okay but with the podcast And what we're called by Yah to do is to talk to those people 
that want to know the truth of God and want to know what the truth of God says about any issue. And that's what our focus is on. Yes, there are people that will listen in and maybe just to see what we're doing. And, you know, maybe they have some interest, maybe not. But these are the people that are really seeking with all your heart. You really want to know the aspect of this. Those are the people that we're, we're speaking to. And we've said this before, too. If if you listen to this and it's not for you and you don't agree with it, then that's absolutely fine. You can, you know, just you have free will choice. You can listen to whomever you want to listen to. But this is about the truth of God and speaking to people in regards to those things. So there was a song I was listening to recently, and Phil, you may chuckle inside when you hear this, but, you know, how could a song come to mind with something? But I was listening to Amazon Music, and um, time to time I like listening to Metallica. I kind of, I like the guitar rhythm, drum beats and things, and there was a song that they have, and it's called Holier Than Thou. And I was like, this is interesting. So I was listening to it and very interesting with the words of it that it's saying the main premise is, is that, you know, before you judge me, take a look at yourself because you think that you're holy, that holier than thou. And, and it says you are not, meaning that you, you think you're holier than me, but you are not, you know, quit judging me, you know, take a look at yourself. And it just made me think of judging. And this is going to bring out this scripture. This is a scripture that a lot of people misunderstand, and it's from Yeshua, Messiah himself. And just like with anything in the Bible, the dependency is to be ultimately on Yah, on Mother, to bring understanding to whatever would be in the Bible. And this is what Yeshua says, judge not lest you be judged. What people do is they take that and, well, it says that, you know, Messiah said, don't judge. Messiah is not saying, do not judge. What Yeshua is saying is, is that be careful how you judge, because in the way that you judge somebody else, it will be measured back to you. Because think about how he says it. He doesn't say, don't judge. He says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Meaning that be careful how you judge because in the way that you judge, it would be measured back to you. So if you judge with condemnation, condemnation will be returned to you. If you judge with mercy, mercy will be returned to you. We can't live this life without judging. You go to the supermarket you want to get some tomatoes. Some of the tomatoes have some rotted spots on them. You pick it up, you look at it, you put it back down, you pick up another tomato, judging. You look at somebody else. Well, I think that what they're doing is wrong. Oh, judging. Because really, ultimately, judging is making an evaluation based in discernment, either by truth or by your own understanding. From what the Word of God talks about, if somebody were to honestly say that Yeshua is saying don't judge, then what about Deborah? What about the book of Judges? 
then we would take that and just get rid of all that because, well, you know, you're not supposed to judge anybody. Oh, we know from the Word of God that you are to judge, but be careful that you don't judge in selfishness, but you judge by the truth of God. And, and that's the thing is, be careful how you judge others because the Word of God makes it clear that we are not, and again, this is speaking to those that are seeking after true faith, the, the calling of us in faith is to judge those that claim faith. The people that don't claim faith, leave those people alone. Obviously, other than y'all want you to speak to somebody and they make it clear to you, then by obedience to God, you do it. But we are not to just go around in the world and just be pulling people aside and just shoving the truth down their throat. And Messiah talked about this, that, you know, do not throw your pearls before the swine because they'll stomp on them and turn and tear you to pieces. It's not for us to take truth to somebody that doesn't want to know it, that doesn't want to know any part of it. And what happens is people get themselves in trouble because they think that, well, I'm supposed to spread this gospel message and I've got to go out and just tell everybody about Jesus or got to tell everybody about this Islamic faith that I have or, or whatever it is. But in order to make it a benefit, make sure that when you're doing this, that you're doing it led by Yah, led by mother. Not because you think you have to say something or I need to say something, but be careful because, as God said through their son Yeshua, that be careful how you judge because people are watching us and make sure that you're judging based in the truth of God, not in because you're getting frustrated, you're getting aggravated, you know, somebody needs to be fixed, whatever it is. And this is huge because a lot of people will be turned off from finding true faith in God because people are acting as hypocrites because they're making judgments on people when they themselves are doing the very same things and people can see this in their actions and know that they're not living this faith the way that they should and looking at them and saying, well, why are you judging me? You're you telling me to stop doing what I'm doing, but I'm seeing you do it yourself. Well, what kind of example is that to me? And that's where people get, well, you know, stop judging me. You can't judge me. Well, not only can we judge people, it is a must in faith in God to judge others because we're called in faith that if there's an immoral brother or sister that's in the church, you know, it says expel the immoral brother. Well, that's going to take judging. Now you see somebody that claims faith in Yah and they're doing something then they're not saying that you go to them and say, look, I'm seeing that you're doing this. You need to evaluate this and get away from this behavior, repent of this wickedness. And, but what happens is, is that we just think somebody needs to be corrected and then we just do it without thinking, well, is this really, where have I done this? You know, evaluating it in ourselves first. And we are not called to go out and just spread this message to every single person just because somebody's on the street and they need to hear it because a lot of people don't want to hear it. And if they don't want to hear it, then, you know, we'll leave those people alone. But this is, once again, this is for people that really want to know the truth of God. And the truth is that in your everyday life and in everything that you do, you will judge others. 
But the goal is, is to make sure that when you are judging others, that you are evaluating why you're going to that person, why saying something, is this to build the person up? Is it to tear them down? Is this really yeah, I wanted me to do this. Is it me? Am I getting a rise of uh, frustration, aggravation? You know, what is the reason for me bringing this up? Because a lot of our faith journey is discernment and we discern things and evaluate. We are not in the seat of making a final judgment on someone that rests in the hands of Yah. And even Messiah said that, you know, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save. We have a, a great example of this. We have the story of the woman caught in adultery that the people that were claiming to have the true faith were judging this person and putting a sentence on her that she deserves death because the law of Moses says, you know, she shouldn't commit adultery, that, that she should be stoned. And Messiah didn't say that she shouldn't be stoned. He just said, looked at them and said, okay, well, you, the, the way that you're judging, then I'm going to put it back on you. Okay, so you want to stone her to death? Then the one who is without sin cast the first stone. Since you sit in the place of judgment, go ahead. And then slowly as they backed away, we have the story of him riding in the sand and one by one, you know, going away and, the woman caught in adultery there with Yeshua and, you know, where are your accusers? You know, I don't condemn you, but I tell you this, go and sin no more. And how many times in the spirit of it have we put people to death by saying things, doing things, and, you know, be careful to say that somebody's going someplace, you know, even... In the word, we have warnings of, you know, be careful not to some to call somebody a fool. You know, don't make a final judgment on somebody and saying they're a fool. You can discern and say, well, I can see that that person is doing foolish things, but, you know, they have time to repent. They have time to turn it around. They don't understand what they're doing. So the premise of where we're starting tonight is that those that are seeking after this with all their heart that come to faith in Yah and the continuation of faith is that, we will judge, and if somebody says to you, you can't judge me, and they claim that they have faith, you can say, yes, I can judge you, and yes, I will judge you by the truth of God, and that person may not like that, but really, it's too bad if they don't like it because the Word of God says, um, Mother through Paul, that, you know, am I not to judge those inside the church? You know, those outside the church, God will deal with because those people aren't claiming a faith in God, so God will take care of them. We don't need to go to them and attempt to pull them in. Yeah, I'll take care of them. You know, they whatever they choose, it will be measured back to them. But the key is, no matter what it is, if somebody is claiming faith in God, because the word says those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. And if we see somebody that claims to be in him and they're not walking as he did, yes, we're going to go to them and say, look, you're claiming this faith and you're doing this thing you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And because people in the world that don't want this, it's not going to do any good to point out things to them because they're not going to want to change it anyway. And just let them continue doing what they're doing. You know, we were walking and it's like, if somebody doesn't want this, Hey, 
eat, drink, and be merry. Go ahead. You can, you have free will choice. We're not going to shove this down your throat. But if you really want to come to this faith in Yah, you know, heed to the warnings and just realize that in this faith, there are times that we will judge others. But again, we don't put the final judgment because that's the place of Yah. But as long as somebody has breath, that they can come to this faith. Now, the people that have passed on, you know, their, their place is already set. There is no going back to change those things. Um, but just from, you know, the walk that we had, it just stood out to me because there's times where we will speak to people that claim faith in God because they think they have faith in God and they really don't because of their answers. And when people feel that weight of condemnation, that's when they will lash out at us and say, well, you can't judge me, or are you judging God's word? Are you judging mercy of God? Yes, I am. Because I have the fullness of deity in bodily form, and yes, you you claim this. Now, you may not understand it, but you're claiming that you have faith, that yes, you are to have your mind prepared to be challenged, have your mind prepared to give a good answer for the faith that you have. So, Phil, if you have any thoughts on this, but this was just, just resonating in my mind. And, and before I turn it over to you, just thinking about with what we talk about with these things, these are for us as well. And the topics that we have that come to mind are for us as well. And that's why I was thinking about, you know, be careful when you out and about and you think things about people or you say things about people, just, you know, is this really, you know, should I be thinking this way or putting this on this person where, you know, I don't really know where they're coming from or anything. So just the importance of, especially in faith, that we will judge others. Yeah, it's no doubt that that's the case. And it's interesting because Messiah gave us an understanding in his words that give us the best ability to judge and to judge appropriately. Now, when he says, like you had brought up, when he says, judge not, at least you be judged, he's speaking to the condemnation perspective. Uh, he's not talking about uh, judging somebody's position and, and whether they have faith or not or whatever, whatever the many areas that we will judge, but we will not judge from the perspective of setting somebody's final condemnation in place. And the word of Messiah, that he gave us this understanding in order to help us to be able to judge appropriately and to be able to judge somebody else, you must do this very thing. And it is to get rid of the log in your own eye and don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye. Don't worry about judging your brother. Judge yourself first. Then when you judge yourself first and you figure out that you have a problem and you know how to fix it now, now you can go to him with compassion and understanding and say, hey, I see you have this issue. I've had the same issue. And here's how you can overcome it, you know. Obviously, the person has to have the willingness to want to overcome it. And if they don't, then you leave them alone. You, you know, if somebody has something and 
they don't want to overcome it. If they're a part of the gathering, then they'll be approached again. But if they're steadfast and not wanting to change, then you move, you, you, you have to be removed from the church. We have to expel the immoral brother. Uh, but that's not the intention. That's not what's wanted. Um, but Messiah gave us a beautiful understanding. And this is, again, the golden rule that we go with, that no matter what you see in somebody else, you know, you are doing the same thing. Uh, now, you may have a level of it where you recognize that I've done that, I've gotten past it, but if you recognize you've done it, then that gives you a compassion for the other person. You're, you're able to empathize with them because you truly know and you understand where they are. And so the best way to do that is for us to get rid of the log in our own eye. And too many people, you know, they think they're saved and then they'll turn around and say, you know, well, that person's going to hell. They're going to hell for what they did. And that's exactly what uh, we're not called to do. I don't care how heinous you think the crime is that they committed. If, if they're in hell, you will be too, because in the same way you judge somebody else, you will be judged. And when you judge somebody from that perspective, you prove that you don't have faith in God. You prove that you haven't been saved, meaning, you know, in the process of being saved, you prove that because you have no compassion for that person because there's not a single one of us that deserves anything from God. You know, the grace of God gave us the opportunity for these things. And yes, we must work in the midst of faith, but we don't earn the grace. But too many people, they just trample the grace and, well, you know, I guess I'm the exception to the rule. And no, you're not the exception to the rule. You you will be called into account for your actions. And if you recognize the wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked that you are, then you recognize that no matter what somebody else has done, your guilt lies in the exact same plane as theirs. We like to elevate somebody else's uh, sin because, well, it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel better that, well, at least I didn't murder somebody or I didn't rape somebody, you know, well, yeah, I lie. And I, and I, you know, yeah, I verbally yelled at that person. I, yeah, I hated somebody, but I didn't kill him. And Messiah said, if, you hate your brother, then you've committed murder uh, within the core of who you are. And it's huge because this faith that we have in Messiah is intended that you recognize and you know what you've been saved from, and then you're able to extend that mercy to somebody else in the uh, area that they might repent so that they can enjoy good life, 
But no matter what somebody's done, Jeffrey Dahmer, Timothy McVeigh, Hitler, uh, Charles Manson, the liar, the thief, punishment is still the same. And the wretchedness of it is still the same. It, it, the word of God says that if you've broken just the slightest little bit of the law, you've broken all of it. So if you told your little white lie and thought it was okay because you didn't murder somebody, well, that's considered to be murder with your little white lie. Or, you, you know, you stole something or whatever it is. You don't understand when you want somebody else to have condemnation, when you have been rescued. Well, that's not the way it works, because if you've been rescued, you know who you are before God. You recognize that God doesn't is not a respecter of peoples. So if you lie, he's not going to respect you any more than he is going to respect the murderer. And I, let me remove that. I, I will put that to not lie, but bear false witness, because that's ultimately the bearing false witness is the perspective of the commandment that was given. And so it's just really important that if you have true faith in God, you truly understand how wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked you are. You recognize that you deserve death. You deserve punishment and you deserve hell. That, that's a fact. If you have faith in God, you will know all of those things and not know it in your head, but know it in your heart because you've experienced the terror of God and you've experienced and you know that your slightest little uh, twist of the law and you perceive that that's all you've done. But hopefully you'll repent before the final day when everything's put out, the books are opened, and now you're going to stand there and have to give an account for everything. Well, you claimed that you had faith in Messiah, and over here you looked at this person and you said they deserve to go to hell because of what they've done. Well, you didn't. You don't look at you, your arrogance put you in a place to not accept the fact that your your sins caused you to go to hell also and because you never actually had true faith in God then that's why you act in such a way and honestly it doesn't matter what somebody does we leave the final condemnation in the hands of the one who is the judge you know and the judge is the one that will make the right and fair decision. Now, there are times when we can judge somebody's behavior and we can say, hey, if, if you don't change your behavior, you will end up in hell. If you don't repent, then you're going to end up in hell. Now, I'm not saying because of what you've done, you're going to hell. No, because of what you've done, it's because you haven't repented of it is what's going to put you there. So I'm not putting the condemnation on it. And if you don't repent, that's in God's hands when God 
eye has the final judgment and everybody's before God, every knee bowed and every tongue confessing that Messiah is Lord, uh, you're just going to be in a bad way knowing it. Lord, Lord, didn't I do? Didn't I? No. And that's why we want to put warnings out to people who claim faith in God. And the fact, like you said, people in the world, leave them alone. Let God judge them. God will judge them. But you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the people who want to legalize abortion. So what? Let them legalize it. You know, what is it to you as long as you don't commit whatever it is that you're speaking against? But unfortunately, many people do commit those things from a spiritual perspective and have no idea that they've raped, pillaged, and plundered not man, but God, the Son of God, the Father, the Spirit, Mother, because of your own selfishness. And so we will make judgments of, well, if that person doesn't uh, repent and find the, the circumcision of the heart, then they will end up in in hell. But I'm not, it's like damning them to hell, meaning that you did it, you have no choice, it's done. No, we have a, a beautiful aspect of repentance, and repentance makes wrongs right. I've spoken about this before. A lot of marriage relationships would not end in divorce if both parties would truly repent of their selfishness. Most of your marriages in the world were marriages of selfish gain anyway. And you didn't know what you were getting into, and you weren't really recognizing the depth of the vow that you were making before God. And so you're just as guilty as anybody else. And that's the thing. We don't ever want to forget. And this is why Paul said, I am the worst of sinners, because we don't want to ever forget that we came from being wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, because of circumcision of the heart, we have the fullness of deity in bodily forms. So those things have been removed from us, but we better not remove it from our mind. And we better not remove it from within us that we know that God saved us. And if God saved me, there's nobody on the face of the earth that is untouchable when it comes to God. And you don't know that the person you may be condemning to hell, they may repent and find grace and mercy of God. And I'm talking true repentance. I'm not talking about the repentance that's taught in today's church because repentance in today's church is that I feel sorry and I just accept you. That's not repentance. Repentance is meaning you turn away from it. That means you will never, ever, ever agree that it's okay and you will always fight it till the day you die. And that's the mindset within it that gives you the 
ability to live a righteous life before God. And it's not easy, but it's doable. And that's why Messiah came. So if you want to judge somebody, it's okay, provided you judge appropriately. You don't judge with condemnation. And before you judge somebody else that you see them doing something, you turn it back and you judge yourself first because, again, the golden rule, and whether people accept this understanding or not, it is an absolute truth that that what you see in other people, you do. That is a fact. And if you actually just stop and start looking for it, you will find it within yourself. And then that makes you even or level on a level playing field with that other person, which gives you the ability to have empathy and compassion and understanding for that person so that they will be able to have the true grace of God, not the false grace that the enemy is offering to everybody that you can have it and just go do what you want to do. What's interesting, Phil, is just evaluating what Mother's bringing out. People don't have any problem judging because you do it all the time. The problem comes in is when you get that conviction in your heart of that condemnation that you assume that, well, you're bringing this condemnation on me. No, you're condemned already. It's just rising up from your lower conscience because I was thinking about the situation that you just had recently with someone. And why did they lash back with, are you judging? Well, because they feel that condemnation that's there because of where they are. Because if you just go up to somebody and you make judgments on people and people don't always get upset at that, but when they feel that condemnation that's rising up, that's when, well, you can't judge me because you're, Oh, because you're pointing the finger back at me because you want to feel that relief of, well, if you're doing it or worse than me, then I'm okay. And it's interesting with Messiah's teaching, I hadn't correlated this, that, that we know he's teaching the spiritual aspect of the law of God. But with him bringing that out about the, if you hate your brother or sister in your heart, you've committed murder. He's just dialing it down to, you don't realize the depth of sin because what you do is you say, well, I've not murdered. I haven't stolen. And he knows that people are going to to say that because in their mind, they really don't think that they've done these. Well, I haven't. I mean, I've done these things, but I've not done these. No, you don't even realize that's the letter of the law. But this goes so much deeper to the spiritual that if you've even looked at a woman and lusted for her, you've committed adultery in your heart. So stop attempting to justify yourself before God that you're righteous. When even if you kept the letter of the law, which you would perceive as perfectly like, yeah, I've never stolen somebody's goods. I've never done this. But then, like you said, okay, you haven't stolen anybody's goods, but have you not robbed God of time? Oh, yes. Okay, well, then you're guilty. And that's the thing. The point of the law of God, well, not the only point, but one of the points is to make sure it stops the mouth of justification. It's it's to make all guilty before you because if the law wasn't there, then how would you know what sin actually is? And it says that I wouldn't have known sin except by the law. So the law just makes you helpless before God and makes you guilty. And you don't realize the, the level of guilt. So 
if you don't realize your level of guilt, then quit putting it on somebody else that they're condemned when you stand there in the same condemnation, get to the place where you have justification, not condemnation anymore, because then at that point, who cares if you judge me or not? Even Messiah himself, do any of you, can you accuse me of sin? No, because I don't sin, I do right. It doesn't matter if you judge me or not. And we talked about this walking yesterday that you can only be judged by somebody if you allow yourself to be judged to where, look, I'm not going to allow anybody to judge me because I know I'm doing what's right. So who cares what anybody in the world says of what we're doing? Because God knows what we're doing. So what accusation are you going to bring against us that's going to stick before Abba, Ima, and Yeshua that, oh, you see, you see what they're doing? It's wrong. If there's anything that I'm doing that I'm not seeing, I'm confident y'all will make it clear and I will be looking and evaluating. So you can say whatever you want about me. I'm not going to allow you to judge me. And even Paul says, I don't even judge myself because I'm walking in this freedom. I'm just going to do the best I can. And what does it matter what anybody says about you other than now I do care what you say about me because you're in faith along with me that yes, you see something that yes, you can judge me. But people in the world that don't know what we're doing, they don't understand and just saying wrong. I'm not going to let that affect me anymore because just you saying that we're wrong in something, what authority do you have to judge? Now, if you are in faith, then you better be looking at yourself before you say somebody's wrong. Okay, well, if they're wrong, then if you're seeing it in somebody else, where are you wrong? But, oh, I'm not wrong. Well, then evaluate that. So, this is just one of those things that's to bring an awareness of a place in faith that we have, that we have the authority to judge, but just make sure how you judge, because how does God judge? Well, Yah judges in a fair and just manner. They, they judge with fairness and reasonableness, and that's what we're called to do as well, that, wow, before I bring a judgment on this person, let me evaluate myself because I'm getting frustrated at this. Well, that's that log that's in the lower conscience. That's all that lower conscience programming. Is this really the best time to say this? Is this really? Because I'm getting frustrated, so that's a sign to tell me it's not the time to bring it out. So let me let me evaluate myself. Now, if it's something that really needs to be brought out, it will be brought out, and there will not be frustration and aggravation because I'm seeing it clearly, and that's what Messiah is saying, that get to a place where you can continually whittle away at that lower conscience and remove that log. And then the more you get out and put the godly in, then you can see, wow, I thought that the issue that they had was so much bigger than mine, but my issue is way bigger. And that's what Yeshua was saying is that you don't realize that your issue in this is way bigger than what you're seeing. Cause all you're seeing is like a little dot. And just like in a forest, you're seeing like a little twig and you've got a huge forest. It's like that. Um, I like that thing online. You can pull up where it has the iceberg and you have that beautiful iceberg sitting on top of the water, but then you go underneath and there's that huge chunk of ice that's underneath. And given the picture of that's your lower conscience, you've got so much in there that you don't see. So we've all got so much work to do. So we're not saying that you don't ever say anything to people, but just really evaluate when you're going to say something to somebody to make sure that you've brought the finger back to yourself first, because that's the way to really show that you're not a hypocrite. And that's what Yeshua was saying was 
you're being hypocritical because you don't see that you're doing the exact same things that you're condemning somebody else for. The, the people that caught the woman in adultery that you just don't understand that you're doing the same thing that she's doing. You're not recognizing it. So therefore I'm going to put it back on you to where, since you sit in the place of no sin, which they would think that go ahead and do it. You bring, bring the final judgment. Cause if you're saying stoner to death, then you're saying she need that she deserves this final judgment. And, you know, we've talked about this before. What was Messiah writing in the sand with his finger? Well, think about he's writing in the sand things that are in their lower conscience that they don't see or people don't know about them. No, you don't realize that by the Spirit that I I can see things you're doing to make you really think about because you're under the same condemnation and then go ahead. And then you back away because you don't want your sin brought to light, but you want to bring her sin into the light. So I'm going to bring your sin into the light and let you see. And then you have a really different opinion on that after the fact. So Yeshua giving a great example of make sure that if, if somebody comes to us with an issue, well, this person is doing this and that person is doing that. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to even be concerned about that person. We're going to talk about you. And why is this bothering you so much? You know, put that person to the side because you got this issue. We're going to talk about where you're doing this. And it, it's the same thing that Yeshua was doing, but you know, we're with doing what we're doing that, you know, there's going to be people that are going to disagree with this, but if people want to disagree, then, Hey, you can disagree with it. But what answer are you, are you able to, you yourself give a good answer for what you claim as faith? And that that's the, what we're doing here is give a good answer because we're not about just giving answers. You know, this is about giving a good answer and we're able to by Yah to give a good answer. And, you know, anybody listening in that this, the information that we give is the truth of God. And, you know, our, our mindset, our heart set is to give a good answer for the, the faith that we have and we profess. Right. As long as your heart is set in it and you apply it, because the application of it is necessary as well. And just an interesting thought here that not only, okay, if you claim faith in God, okay, not only am I going to judge your actions your words, the, you know, everything that you do, not only am I going to judge that, but I'm also going to rebuke and discipline. You know, a lot of what we've done with this podcast is rebuking of the teaching of Christianity. I, uh, again, not from a hate of the Christian, but as a, a as a love for the Christian to do what is right for them, what is best for them. Uh, and the best thing is to reveal that it's a lie. You need to find the true faith in God, the true faith in Messiah, his son. And Messiah from the Bible, the son of God, is not the Jesus that they teach in this church today. And that's a problem. And so not only will I judge you, but given the opportunity, 
I will rebuke you and discipline you as well. If I don't, I don't have the love of God in me. I don't that see people think that love is something where you just agree and and you're okay with what everybody else is doing and it'll be okay and we just got to love them and no if you're going to love somebody whether it feels good or feels bad love for somebody else is that you are doing what is absolutely best for them and everybody else involved and sometimes that entails rebuke and discipline and the reason we must do this, the Word of God says, those who claim to be in Messiah must walk as he did. What did Messiah give John in Revelation that I rebuke and discipline those I love? So people need to understand, especially if you're going to seek God with all of your heart, the love of God is not a soft, warm, fuzzy place all the time. No, there's times when it feels good. I. Uh, but there's times when it's time to suck it up and recognize that you got some work to do. And if you have true faith in God, then you will have no problem receiving correction or direction because, uh, like the word says, rebuke a wise man and he will be wiser still. But if you rebuke a fool, well, they're going to trample you and they're going to hate you because you're telling them something they already know, but they don't want to do anything to change it. They've been trying to hide it and you're putting it in the spotlight. And for people, like we said, for people in the world who don't give two cents about God, that aren't caring about God, I'm going to let them do what they want to do. Live your life. I mean, honestly, from that perspective, you probably ought to eat, drink, and be merry because that's all the merry you're going to get. You're not going to get it in eternal life, so leave them alone. Let them eat, drink, and be merry because that's that's all they're going to get. The hope is, is that, no, they'll see and recognize their wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, and they'll turn themselves over to God and be able to be saved on the final day to be able to walk into the kingdom it's just important, and part of loving somebody is judging them, rebuke and discipline, and, you know, even to the point, if somebody's not lining up with the truth, then they have to be removed from the gathering, just like Paul said, remove the immoral brother. And we've had people that we've asked them to not come back for a time until they repent, until they turn uh, themselves truly to God. And people would say, oh, you, you can't turn people away from the church. Oh, yes, we can, and yes, we will, because, one, we're not going to have arguments, and two, if you have somebody, and this, this is one instance that happened, if you have somebody who is told multiple times something and they refuse to change their ways, then... Okay, we, you've, we've given you plenty of opportunity, been patient, and God said, okay, now you're going to ask them not to come back for a time. And one, you know, one thing is that you know, with this faith that we have, we, do not, we celebrate the holy days. We don't celebrate the worldly holidays. We don't celebrate Christmas. 
And one of the things that one of the people said was, I'll never tell my kid that Santa Claus isn't real. Well, it wasn't very long after that that they exited the gathering. Uh, God orchestrated that because, well, that's direct defiance. If you know, they know out of profession of their mouth that they knew that Christmas was not of God, but then make a defiant statement that I'll never tell my son that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Okay, well, you have no need for God. And we don't go chasing those people down and trying to, now, if they truly repent and they decide they want to come back, arms are open, just like for the prodigal son. I'm not looking to hold any of that stuff that you did in the past against you. Not at all. But if you want to return, you're going to have to prove a different attitude to be able to return. And that's why, like, with our gathering, it's not just everybody welcome. No, because we're not bringing argumentative people into the gathering to distort and destroy the truth of God. We will talk with people, and we will let them know what we're about, and we will evaluate, and we will judge. Are they ready? Are they not? You know, okay, well, this one we don't know, but they're, they're not being argumentative. Let's, let's give them a chance. And then they come in, and they hear something that just, I don't know, whether it freaks them out or whatever it is, and then they don't come back. Yeah, that's fine, too. But we must judge and we must rebuke and discipline people who are claiming to have faith in God but not living in accordance with the truth of God's word, in the truth of what the Bible says, and in the truth of what Messiah taught about. It's, it's just a factual perspective. And so everybody needs to know, if you're seeking God with all of your heart, this is why it's not a simple, easy, oh, just accept Jesus. Says, well, I committed myself. Everything's good. No, there's work. And, and it's, it's hard at times. You know, it's interesting because in this world, everybody, everybody is a man on an island. It's just that some people pretend and perceive that they're not. Oh, he's got a lot of friends. And trust me, he's got times or she's got times when she's continually looking around. Look, these people are only after me because of my money. You know, I remember Mike Tyson talking about that. You know, one of the greatest things he said was, was when he didn't have money. Then the people stopped coming around and, you know, trying to hit him up for money or whatever it was. And, you get to see who your true friends are. But you have to make judgments and say, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to hang out with this person or that person. Um, you have to judge. No question. You, you have to. But to do it with love, it's not going to feel good. Sometimes. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. And that's the thing. You know, like we said, we rebuke Christianity 
And if I talk to people in Christianity, when I'm telling them that they're wrong, that that's rebuke because you're not seeking the true faith in God. You're just seeking a place that feels good, that makes you feel like you're safe, but without having to do the work of making sure you don't sin, making sure that there's a continual walk of repentance, not I've repented. No. Once you repent, then you walk in the ends of it. <laughs> it's repentance, which is a continual walking in the direction of God. And if you're walking in the direction of God in absolution, then there is no sin for you. And that's why, like you had brought up, uh, where Paul said, I let no man judge me. And I feel the same way. That doesn't mean that if you try to judge me, it doesn't mean that I'm going to put my hand over your mouth and no, no, you can't. No, it means that I'm going to live such a good life before God that I don't have any guilt. And if I don't have any guilt, there is no judgment. It's only senseless words spoken from somebody else. They may be trying to judge, but they're Im it's impossible for somebody to judge me if I am not guilty. It's an absolute impossibility because I know I'm not guilty. I don't care what you say. And that's not an arrogant, I don't care. That's just a factual, I know I'm in this life to please God, not man. And when I know I'm pleasing to God, nothing man can say or do to me that will make me feel that condemnation. Condemnation can only be brought on by you being a guilty person living in guilty sin, and that's why you feel that condemnation, because you have a guilty conscience. And you cannot get away from a guilty conscience. There's two ways you can get away from a guilty conscience, okay? One way is circumcision of the heart, and you no longer sin, therefore you no longer have any guilt, or you can suppress and, well, I don't sin, I don't sin, I don't sin, I don't sin. No, Messiah came and he, he died for my sins, he took my sins away, I don't sin, I don't sin. But the reality is, is that you know, you know in the dark places that you sin. And Here's what I was getting at with the, the every person is a, a man on an island or, you know, a person, female on an island or whatever. Because the mind, people will put on a front and make it look like everything is just great and happy and, and everything's going good. But on the inside, it's nothing but turmoil and confusion and chaos going on because they know, they know that the friends that they have are not there for them because you ask them something to help you with something that's really important to you. And well, I can't, I can't do it this time, but you know, maybe, maybe another time I can come over and help. And you, people don't recognize that the reason we feel like a person on an island is because we don't know. 
we put on perceptions that, oh, I've got all these friends and I try to surround myself with lots of people. So other people think that I'm just this great popular guy and everything's good. But the reality is, is that deep down inside, I'm that scared little child that I don't really know what to do, um, but I don't want people to know that. And so I'm going to put on this mask and you got to take off the mask and say, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it because I can tell you if you're a lonely person on an island doing faith, if you have true faith, that island gets even smaller. The world gets bigger and the island gets smaller because even more people, people that would associate with you now, they won't associate with you because you're speaking truth and they're feeling condemned because of it. And they don't like that feeling of condemnation. And therefore I've got to get away from it. And so it's just really important that, you know, people need to know the reality of things and the best place for you to be is fullness of faith in God. After you've had the terror of God come over you, you repent to Abba, and Abba brings you to Messiah. You learn obedience to Messiah. You live that obedience in your conscious mind. Then you get to circumcision of the heart. You get to move to mother. You get to learn the, the trust aspect, and that's a continual process. You know, we don't ever get to the end of that either because there's always going to be a challenge come around the corner. So it's, it's just really important things that people need to know that this faith brings judgment and it brings judgment to condemnation or it brings judgment to rebuke so that you can avoid condemnation. And the key factor is that you truly have a heart after God's own heart, just like David. And then you're willing to do whatever God said or whatever God lines up for you to do. So true what you're saying. And, um, my mind went to Facebook when you're talking about the friends. I don't know if that's what you meant, but I was just thinking about friends on Facebook and I'm not going to put this as a blanket that it's not there, but I'm just going to give, like we talked about truth versus opinion. This is just an opinion. How many Facebook profiles have you looked at where the person is just down in the dumps and it says depressed you know, feel lonely, or is it, you know, you have that picture on the Bahamas or you have that picture with um, the husband or wife and everybody's just grinning right into that profile or, and it just made me think of, you look at that and people are putting on masks to make you think that everything is good. Or, you know, you'll get um, comments on somebody and it'll say beautiful or, Hey, good to see you and stuff like that. And people will let you see what they want you to see. So a lot of that is, and I remember talking to my sister, she said that she calls it fake book. Well, just like we talked about, if you see it in somebody else, so are you being fake on Facebook? And it is, it's just people put on that mask. And this is something that Yah taught us in the gathering is that you put masks on that because it's, it's just like a being in a show you hide behind the mask because you just put out what you want people to see. But just like you said, that each person is in that lonely Island. Each person is that scared little child that, yeah, you have all these people around you at times to make you forget about the loneliness and the depression and the 
because I remember seeing a quote online that says there's a difference between being alone and loneliness because you can be alone and not be lonely. But how many times have you been in a crowd of people and you're lonely and you feel alone, even though there's 20, 30, 40, a hundred people all around. And Phil, I'm sure you've heard this person. You've heard of Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer. Well, I saw a thing on him um, just says that he was struggling with depression. Now, knowing what I know in faith that before I would have been like, how in the world could you be depressed? You've won all these multiple gold medals. And, but we know that people have the chaos in their mind. And the only way to really truly be healed of this is faith in God. So this isn't putting Michael Phelps on any different than anybody else, but you would in your, if you lean on your own understanding, you would think that for example, Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, you know, Donald Trump, all these people, whoever it would be that you would look at and say, well, how could they have any problems? They've got it made. And well, people will make that assumption, but you get these people alone, you get them away from all the fame. You just have a one-on-one conversation and they open up to you very likely that they would say, man, just as a kid, I've always struggled with depression. And you would, well, I never saw it. Well, that's the key. You hide it so well. And this isn't, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody else, but back at me, you hide things because you don't want to seem like you're weak. Well, I've, I've got to be strong. I, I can't be weak. Well, what will we need y'all for if we're strong all the time? That's the thing that if we think we're strong, that's a problem. Our strength comes from Yah and our weakness. And we look at people and just think, well, you know, that makes no sense. You know, they, they don't have it as hard as me. Believe me that every per not I'll change my words here. Not every person, but majority of people would look at somebody and say, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody has it as bad as me. Everybody has it bad. And it's not for us to put different levels on pain. Like your pain isn't as hard as mine because everybody has pain. Everybody has suffering. And instead of putting it on levels, just realize that everybody has pain and that pain is there because of corruption and sin. And, you know, find your way to get to where you can make the pain be meaningful as opposed to the pain not meaning anything ultimately. And, you know, don't live your life in pain and then ultimately have pain forever. Use the pain to move you forward to find faith in God so that you can learn from the pain and yes, there's still going to be pain, but the pain will be for a purpose, not just you just suffering for no reason. Cause that's, that's a place that I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't want anybody to be there where you're in pain and there's really no escape of that to any good. You know, we know that Yeshua suffered and learned obedience through suffering. And it's the same thing in faith that we're going to have pain and that's what we're called to. We're called to suffering, you know, but just make sure that we're suffering in faith for a right purpose, not to suffer as a thief or a murderer, but suffer uh, for doing what is right. And this speaks to me personally with something that Yah shared with me. And you could put judging to a different word. You could look at a judge as an arbitrator, that you're an arbitrator for Yah. And we have in scripture Solomon that he had Miller with him, that he was given wisdom a judge and there's a story of there was two women and you know he was called to make the judgment on there was a baby that died and this is a, another example in the scriptures that to be discerning having mother to be able to discern that you know you listen to the two stories 
and through discernment, he figured out who the true mother was of the child because the one woman said, well, you know, go ahead and let him die. And, you know, she was like, Lord, you know, just, you know, just, I, it, it slipped in my mind, but the, there was going to be a sword that the, he had said to cut the baby in two. And then she said, well, you know, don't kill him, just, you know, give him over to her. And then he realized that that was the mother because the other woman had disdain. So he was able to make a judgment on that. And, and that's what we do with people make discernments, but make sure it's a fair judgment based in truth. Because like we've said, you can judge people, but our goal is to judge in truth, not in opinion, in selfishness. And that takes a process of practice. The more we learn, the more we're able to make, you know, judgments that are right. So this is not an advocacy for, all right, go door to door and just tell everybody this news. No, because one, people will reject it and you can get yourself into some problems that you're making of your own because you're not evaluating, you're not discerning. And you just think, well, this person needs to hear it. Mm. No, because leave those people alone because they have free will choice. If they don't want it, then they don't want it. And Yah knows how to deal with them and Yah will deal with them and say, you had a choice, you rejected it. And you know, who are we to know? Well, we know that people need the truth of God, but if people don't want it, it's not going to be of any benefit to, to go to them because then you're just in a way you're forcing it on them. And that's just not the way. And so, you know, with the things that we're talking about here that, yeah, you can't get away from judging. I mean, you can't just sit there and say, well, I'm not going to judge anybody. Well, but that's a judgment there. You made a decision. You're not going to judge. And being careful to make sure that when you judge that you're not all frustrated and mad at people because, you know, I haven't been in a courtroom in a long time, but when was the last time you saw a judge getting frustrated and mad at people over something, you know, no, they're called to a higher calling of, no, I'm fair and just, I'm just listening to the two sides. I'm making a decision based in truth. And here's the judgment. You go over here, you go over here. It's not about getting emotionally involved in it. Now there'll be emotion in judging, like you make a judgment, there can be emotion, but it's not to take it personal. It's to, okay, you know, you broke this law. Here's what the law says. And then therefore, here's the consequence. Here's the judgment. But, you know, just be careful not to put the, because I agree with you, we, we can tell people if you continue in this behavior and you don't repent of it, you will end up in the abyss. But when you hear people on TV saying, you know, go to hell like that, because when you say that, then you're bringing that back on yourself. You're telling yourself where you're going because you're bringing that judgment. You're bringing that condemnation back on yourself. Something I wanted to bring out an important point here. You mentioned repentance, and this is a crucial thing that, and you said this, that true repentance means that you, it's a complete turn to Yah. It is. Repentance is, first of all, it's in the mind. It's a, it's a mindset and absolution that with circumcision of the heart, you can get that into your heart. But the repentance part is you repent, which is the turn. And then it's the decision to never stop walking in the way of God and in their ways, that full acceptance of all their ways. And that's the steadfastness in mind and heart which is the repentance, but there has to be actions involved with that repentance because Paul made a statement that said that he preached that those should repent 
to Yah and prove their repentance by their deeds. So repentance is the absolution in mind and heart that I'm never turning away from God. I'm walking with God in all their ways. I'm doing that. And then with that comes change of behavior, actions, things that you have to do to show that you truly are walking in repentance. Because if you're not changing anything, then all you're doing is you're just saying it, which the true repentance is, yes, you say it, but the true saying of it is the the changing of the actions, changing in the ways. And John the Baptist also did that very same thing when he was speaking to the Pharisees that was coming coming his direction. You know, who uh, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in accordance with repentance. So there there has to be a fruitful life. And that life is your righteous life of you living God's law, being taught by the Spirit because the Spirit's in you, that you live that law to the fullest. And it's a necessity that we do that. When we look to judge somebody else, We really, and we've said this, we really need to be judging ourselves first because that is a huge aspect of understanding that you get the log out of your eye and you know how much it took for you to get that out, then you'll have that compassion and that understanding for somebody else Because what it does is it gets you to recognize how wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked you are, where you're trying to, on the other side, if you don't get the log out of your eye, you're trying to make the other person look at how wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked they are without you being there first. And some of the greatest conversations I've had is when I've revealed to people things that I've done that I've been... I was wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I didn't put them on the chopping block. I didn't have to because when I started speaking to them about things that I had done, they broke and started speaking about things that they had done, and that opens up for a good conversation in the midst of it. It's just it's really important that we're able to look within ourselves, find out where we're doing the same thing, start working on it, and then if at some point God says, okay, you've worked on this enough and you can see this this other person has an issue with it, so now I want you to go talk to them and I want you to tell them you know, what the issue is and help them to get past it. That That's a way that you can carry somebody else's burdens is it you can only do it if you've carried your burden first. That you carry your burden until you you've got a good plan of change on whatever the issue is and you see it working and getting better and increasing, now you might have an opportunity to speak to somebody else. And this is just huge because 
What you see in somebody else really doesn't matter. How much does it matter what somebody else is doing when on the final day of judgment, you have to answer for self. You're not going to be pointing out that person and what they're doing. So stop doing it here to try to feel like you've got some sort of reprieve and throw yourself on the chopping block now so that you don't have to be there when you're in front of God on the final judgment. This is huge because this, uh, when you judge people without looking for it within yourself, that's where all the hypocrisy comes from. And in this day and age of church, that is the biggest issue. There's many other issues, but the biggest issue is the hypocrisy. You know, look at it. You're telling people in the world they need to repent and turn to God to get away from their sin, but yet you still sin, hypocrite. You haven't taken the log out of your own eye to even try to help somebody in the world who might want the help. You're not capable. It's the blind leading the blind. And this is just such a huge thing that God has brought to us for self-evaluation and self-control, for us to be able to see something that somebody else is doing, don't worry about them, and turn it back to ourselves and focus on what am I doing? How am I doing that? If I see it there, and I think that it's not uh, appropriate, then I better be making sure I'm not doing that because I have to answer for that in the end. I won't answer for that person. They will answer for them. And so what's it to me other than a selfish perspective of I'm trying to hide what I have and I'm trying to spotlight what you have. And truly, you want to reach people, the people that want to be reached, you're not going to reach them by hypocrisy. They're going to see right through it. They're going to see that you're telling me this, but you do the same thing. You're, you know, people, uh, part of the rebuke from Christianity is that you're telling people to get away from sin, but you still sin. You still act out in actions that the worldly people do, and you show no difference. You show no being set apart, being holy as God is holy, and therefore you have no ability to help somebody else because you can't even help yourself. And it's it's a sad state of affairs, like you had said on the uh, last podcast, just kind of something we've talked about before, you know, you wouldn't go to the dentist who's got rotten teeth and uh, candy. He's eating candy while he's working on you. And no, because wait a minute, he's a dentist and his teeth look like that. You're not working on my teeth. Uh Uh-uh. It's like a doctor, you know, having an open wound with maggots all in it. And now he's getting ready to cut you open on the, no, you wouldn't do that. But many people do it. It's just like you have many, many 
psychologists and psychiatrists who are trying to help people overcome depression, but they can't overcome their own depression. And a lot of times people enter into psychology because of this whole concept of being a man on an island or a person on an island that, well, I really want to help people that are, that feel like I feel, but you can't help them until you help yourself. You can't help them get away from depression if you can't get away from your own depression. It's not just the fact that you get off of antidepressants, you know, because there are psychologists and psychiatrists that are taking antidepressants while they're trying to help somebody else to deal with their depression. And to me, that's like going to the doctor with the open wound with the maggots in it. What, what sense does it make? No, you as the psychologist, you figure out how to uh, press back with enough equal pressure that you're not in a state of depression. And then when you figured out how to do that without medication, now take it to your patients. Now take it and say, hey, I know what I'm doing here. And this is how you do it because I've done it. I mean, honestly, most of your psychologists have come from a point of why well, we want to help people just like me. But if you can't help yourself, you can't help them. All you do is you help them to stay right where they are because you're staying right where you are because you're not doing the evaluation necessary to eliminate that. And so from a faith perspective, if you claim faith in God, this is why we will judge you. Because if you stand in hypocrisy, I will point out your hypocrisy. Now, I'm not going to browbeat you with it because there'll be a point where it's, you don't want to accept the truth. We have no more uh, fellowship. So you go live your life. Don't, don't want, we're, we're not going to discuss this. I'm not going to browbeat you with it. You don't want it. You go live your life and let's see what happens in the end. That's not what I want. What I want is to see you come to circumcision of the heart, fullness of faith, and then you can go and help somebody else. You know, you have, again, like we said, pastors who are trying to tell people to get away from their sin, but yet they sin and it's proof that they sin because those great pastors always end up getting removed from the church that they were pastoring because of their sin. But then that shows the hypocrisy of the congregation and whatever uh, church leadership that they have. It's, okay, well, he's sinning, so we got to get rid of him. But we're all sinning. And so what I learned that Christianity taught me before I got away from it was that you hide your sins so people don't see it, so you won't be ridiculed. And that's, that's a fact. And if you just face the facts, you have to recognize that stop trying to preserve yourself. Kill yourself, not suicide, but the, the selfish within you has to be put to death, has to be crucified on the cross with the Messiah for you to even come to the point 
to get the circumcision of the heart done by the spirit. Well, this beautifully just piggybacks like they all do off of covenant because part of the aspect of being in covenant with Yah is this is part of the covenant that you will evaluate yourself and see where you're doing these things because Yah says to be holy as I'm holy. Holy is being set apart that Yah gave their law to the Israelites for them to apply it to themselves and then be able to take it out to the world. Because think about this, and you hit it right on the head, that is the best way to teach somebody else is to you do it yourself first so that you know what you're doing. Then you can help somebody because you've been there and that and you know it. And I'm going to bring out something we talked about that goes with this. Uh, we talked about this yesterday is a lot of people out there claim that they're atheists. And I'm convinced that a lot of people that claim to be atheist is because they were hanging on to what somebody told them and in their mind having in their mind, it was, they were hoping that something was going to happen like that, you know, because somebody believes in God, then it'll be the good things. And because they were relying on something that they were told and they got the opposite or something that disappointed them, it started building, building resentment. And that resentment was turned toward Yah, and then it turned into anger and frustration. And then, you know, heck with all this, because, um, you know, I don't want to serve, quote, a God that would, you know, treat people this way or, you know, make me feel bad and stuff. But think about why that happens, because you have people that, and not that it's with intention, but they just, what they're taught that, well, God is love, God is feel good. And when you're taught that, well, the reality is, you, even if you're pursuing faith in Yah or not, you're going to suffer anyway. And people, instead of people putting the blame on the on what they listened to and they didn't seek after the truth, they put the blame on God instead of themselves. And I just see that a lot of that is that people will have frustration towards God. And then instead of really reconciling that and attempting to figure it out, they just say, well, heck with this. The, if, if this God that I was told isn't, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to say that they don't exist because I don't want to deal with the pain and the frustration. And because I just know just a few instances. And again, this is not a blanket that this is every single atheist, but I've just, it just makes sense that with ones that I've seen and people talking about why they're atheists is there's something in their childhood. And a lot of times it goes back to some kind of organized religion where they were promised something, a parent died, a child died. And well, I was told that you know, that God would save them and they didn't. And therefore it's God's fault. And then that turns it towards, well, I don't want any part of this. So I'll just say that God doesn't exist. Well, and we know from this, that if you can talk about something that it exists, but a lot of the, the atheism in different things are because people are, like you said, they are being hypocrites and they're saying that this is the way it's supposed to be. And people can clearly see that it's not and you're giving me a horrible example. And well, if that's the way God is, then I don't want any part of it instead of, well, how is God really? Like we talk about this, what does it mean for God to be God? You know, instead of me looking at this on how it affects me, you know, what is the truth in this? And the people that do that can get away from atheism, but we know that God does exist, but there's something going on psychologically with everybody that everybody has trauma. And just that that's, if somebody were to ask us, you know, why is somebody atheist? Well, <clears throat> one of the reasons that why is you're suppressing the truth. But the other thing is that you've been told lies. <clears throat> and 
and you're you're disappointed you're like that hope deferred and it's instead of you know what i'm going to really seek after this you just you turn the blame to god instead of blaming yourself because you listen to whatever you listen to and you believe that is true instead of just because honestly and we know this if y'all didn't exist then there's nothing to talk about but you know god exists because you're able to talk about it and but you just don't want it to exist because i don't want to have to deal with punishment and i mean it goes into so many other areas but it just makes me think of judging that that they're judging god well you need to answer me and prove that you exist or no no god has made it clear through their creation that they exist and you know i would tell people that are you know on that side of it that you're claiming that god doesn't exist that you know evaluate that because you know you're if you don't repent just like we said that you will be standing in that long line of people and then you will know for sure that god doesn't exist but the there this is a huge thing because so many people how can the gospel as the word says how can you make the gospel of god attractive when you're putting the ugly out there that that is not the truth of it that because i've had this is that if you're willing to be vulnerable to somebody and you're willing to share with them what you've done that opens up the door for somebody to share with you for them to be vulnerable but if you come at them with condemnation and saying well you're wrong because you're a homosexual you're wrong because you support abortion well the person is automatically going to be on the defensive and how can you get anything how are you going to win anybody over when you're doing the same thing instead of let's have a socratic conversation let's just talk about this issue and just find the truth in it instead of pointing the finger at each other let's point the finger at ourselves let's really dig into this and figure this out and that's what we did when we met we weren't sitting there arguing where all right well phil i know it's one saved always saved and you're wrong and well we wouldn't get anywhere we're just like i got this teaching i listened to let's listen to it what do you think of it and we would just talk about it and wow there is more to it than what they're saying and it goes deeper and that got us to dig even more into the truth of god so yeah yeah judging is something that you know in your you cannot get away from it i mean and obviously until you die you're not going to be able to judge but um, it's just that this is important that if you claim faith in god that not only will we judge you because the thing says you can't no we can but it's how you do the judgment is is the with all this the main thing right and it's interesting because as we've talked about the golden rule of turning things back to yourself um even with the conversation with the guy that i had on friday i did the evaluation because i was like you know i at one point in my uh, journey when I was in Christianity, I would have I would have done the same thing. Uh, there was actually times where I can look back and say, you know, that yeah, I I did exactly what he did. So it's not an aspect of that I'm condemning him. Like, well, he's going to hell because of what he did. No, I can see that that I I was in that space and I did those things. So it gives me the understanding and compassion for him. And it's interesting because I, uh, when I was back in that, in Christianity with the self-righteous mindset, the company that I worked for, um, 
uh, I acted very Christian-like, but not very godly-like to the owners of the company. And, you know, they have their own uh, stuff, but that doesn't matter. And it wasn't until several years after when I hadn't been working for them that I had the realization that it was me. It wasn't them. In my mind, it was, you know what? This this was me. I was acting ignorant. I was ignoring the true truth of God and acting, saying stuff that I shouldn't have been saying and uh, providing arrogance that I actually, I went back and had a conversation with the owner of the company. And my conversation was nothing about him. This was one of those ones where it turned, you know, it turned him in a direction as well, because I don't know what he was expecting, but I was like, look, I I just wanted to let you know that I'm really ashamed of the way I acted when, you know, in that time frame that I worked here that I, I just, you know, wasn't acceptable. I was claiming a faith in God and I was acting a fool like this and one, it was a big relief, but two, then he started breaking down and, you know, he was like, well, you know, it was both of us and, you know, we, we both had uh, big egos and that type of stuff. And it was just, it was a really good conversation that we had, uh, just kind of clearing the air, but it wasn't a conversation of me going to him and saying, well, you were an idiot and you did all these things and it's your fault. No, I, I had actually realized that. I was claiming this faith in God and I was not acting appropriately because I didn't have the true faith. I had what I thought was faith, which was what Christianity gave, which was accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then you walk around like you're self-righteous and rather than walking around just being righteous because you're living right before God. And so that was just a, uh, an aspect that had come to my mind, uh, evaluating the conversation with David, because even with that, it's like, hey, you know, I know that I've been there, and it's kind of like we talked about. You know, if I tell somebody physically in this life, or if I didn't tell them, you know, hey, I can see you have cancer, and I know what it looks like because I had the exact same thing. And would you want to know about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with faith. When I'm talking to people now in Christianity, I'm talking from a place of being uh, riddled with spiritual cancer. I had it. I know what it looks like. I know I know what the ins and outs of it are, but I also know how to escape it. I also know how to be fully healed from that spiritual cancer. And that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing the podcast is because I want to help people to be able to be healed of that spiritual cancer. And that cancer is what's being taught 
that isn't appropriate and doesn't line up with the truth of God. It doesn't line up with just the Bible within itself set aside the conversation with God in the midst of it. And so it is an important thing, I I thought, to bring that out, to just say that, you know, even in situations like that, I can look at it and say, I've done the exact same thing he's done, which gives me a compassion, but that compassion is going to be turned into rebuke and discipline. Why? Because that's a necessary step in the process of your healing. If you're going to be healed, you're going to accept the rebuke and you're going to work through the discipline in order to be able to become better and better and improve and actually find that faith that is true faith in God where you truly have no sin in you, you have no guilt, and that way nobody can judge you. And if somebody does try to judge you, it's just like them pouring hot coals on their own head because it, it's what sense does it make for me to accuse you of doing something that everybody knows you didn't do? It, it makes no sense at all. Now, I'm not talking from a worldly perspective. Now I'm talking about a godly perspective that I don't care how you judge me. I will evaluate it. If you bring something to my attention, I will look into it and see if there's a continual uh, aspect of repentance, a continual aspect of learning and growing in the process of it. But I cannot be judged because I don't have sin. If I don't have sin, I don't have guilt. And without guilt, there cannot be judgment. It's, it's a fact that I'm not going to fight against you or argue with you because you want to judge me. Go ahead. I, I, but if you actually bring something to my attention that, you know, maybe God speaks through somebody and says, hey, you need to look at this. Okay, well, I'm going to evaluate it. But it's still not judgment because my objective goal with God is to continually improve and get better in doing right acts, in living righteous before God, and therefore it's a continual process of learning and growing. You had just said recently that you were, I don't know if you read it, which listening to it, and you can read it by listening, but you were listening to First John, the letter of First John, and a scripture in that just came to mind, and it just, I have a different, picture of this now that if you were to think of the word bold and I don't know what you would think but I would think of like bold is like well I'm going to get up there and I'm going to you know kind of charge in and be bold but the word says let us come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can receive help in our time of need and it made me think of bold doesn't mean that you're just all you know matter of fact and I'm just going to storm in and be bold Bold is just a simply, I'm not under condemnation. I'm just going to get up and, yeah, I need some help in this. Would you give me 
what I need here or there. And as opposed to if you're not being bold because of the sin and condemnation that you're, I don't know what to do. I can't go in there because I'm just petrified as opposed to, no, I'm, you know, that I've got reconciliation with you and I'm just going to go to them as a matter of fact, you know, not a charging in like a disrespect, but just a humbleness of, yeah, come on in. Let, let's talk about it. I'm not going to have any apprehension to talk with them. Just, you know, I can now, because the veil has been torn, that circumcision of the heart has come, that now I can go in with confidence. So really it's not necessarily like a, a it's more of a confidence. Let us approach with confidence that you will speak to Yah face to face, that before it's Messiah is the advocate and he speaks to Abba and Ima on your behalf, but now you speak directly to them face to face. And <clears throat> I was given this vision in my mind about condemnation. You look in the world and you see a house or a property that's condemned, that it's ready to be demolished, that it's unlivable, that the signs are on there, nobody's living in it, it it's ready to be torn down and, and taken down. And it made me think of this. You would walk up and down your street and there's people that are under condemnation. Well, you look at the outside and think, well, yeah, you need to tear this house down. But do you know what's really going on on the inside of that house? Like you don't know. So people that haven't come to the point of faith in the sun yet are under condemnation already. So who is it for us to go to that person and say, do this, do that, when no, they're already condemned already. God will deal with them until they repent to get away from that condemnation. You can't do anything for those people anyway, so just make sure you're looking at your house. If you're seeing somebody's house that looks like it should be condemned, that, well, look at what you have in your lower conscience, what's going on in there, all the trash and the garbage that's built up in there to make sure that you deal with your house, to make sure that your house isn't condemned, and it just... There's just so many things in the world you can look at that gives a picture of the spiritual meaning of this is that quit going around condemning other people when that house is going to be torn down in the end already. God knows the position. So unless they make it clear to you, leave those other people alone because they've got enough to deal with with the chaos and their programming anyway. You've got enough to deal with. It's like Paul said, mind your own business. It was like your mom said that may the business you mind today be your own that just you know, stop being so quick to look at somebody else and point it back to yourself. Cause this is just, is just such a huge help in these situations that, you know, we're, we're called not to be hypocrites and the Hippocrates, which is, you know, being like a, somebody in a, in a play and an act, you know, that stop acting, you know, and start doing. And this came to mind, the, the aspect of the gospel message that, you have the threefold aspect and it says that with Yah, that those they foreknew, those they called and those that they called, they justified and those that they justified, they glorified. Well, we've got a picture of the three aspects of the gospel message. You have the repentance, which is when you're called by Abba. And when he sees that you've been proven in your repentance to him, then just like if somebody calls you that, Hey, I like this person, come on up here. I'm going to lead you to my son. All right. Well, I choose you and you because you're, you've met the um, election process. So then you're brought to Yeshua where you're justified. And then with circumcision of the heart, you're glorified. So Yah gives us a picture of this. And 
you know, make sure that the, the person that you're really looking at and evaluating and judging is yourself before you bring any kind of judgment on somebody else. And this is just even speaking to me in my faith journey, my, that it, it's, you don't realize how much you're pointing the finger at other people until you continually remind yourself and it's brought up that, no, I'm not going to point the finger at others. I'm going to evaluate myself, leave other people alone. doesn't mean leave them alone all the time or forever, just focus more on myself than other people so that when I am looking at somebody else, then it can be a right, fair, and just thing instead of just because one of the huge signs, those listening out there, that uh, a sign that it's not an appropriate time to speak to somebody. And I was told this by Yeshua himself that if you start to get a rise of anger and frustration, that's not the time to bring something out to somebody. You know, evaluate yourself in that before you say anything, because if there's a rise of frustration or anger towards somebody else, then stop. Just like the word says, be quick to listen to yourself, slow to speak, and slow to become, you know, which is slow to wrath, which we should not have wrath. We should be getting rid of wrath in those times where we're getting frustrated. So it's just an evaluation of that's a, that's a sign that, all right, there's that log in your eye. You're, it's getting, you're, it's getting stirred up. So just be careful to evaluate because is what you're bringing to this person ultimately to build them up? Is it to tear them down? Is it a help? Is it because you just want them to change something or is it truly a help to them to really get them to where they're able to understand so that they can change something? In judging yourself, this is something else that mother gave me of what it also does when you judge yourself first, when you cast the log out of your own eye. What it does is it removes your bias. Because without you judging yourself, you're biased towards somebody else because your self-righteousness, well, I would never do that. But you don't see that you do do it, where you, you remove that bias. And it's interesting, and it's kind of, you know, like judges in the world, you had said, well, they're, you know, they don't have emotion. Well, they do. Sometimes the emotion is a more upbeat emotion because they're in a good mood or because, you know, maybe the person that came in front of them reminded them of somebody and they don't know that consciously. But then there are times I've seen where judges are, you know, downright, uh, I mean, in tears sometimes or, you know, just various different aspects, anger, uh, sometimes hate. And why? Because that comes from judging with bias. It does. God is the one who judges with a steady uh, aspect without any bias that they're looking at what you did and did you carry out whatever it took for salvation. That's how they're judging. They're, they're not judging with bias. It's kind of like I talked to you about, you know, you being an arbitrator for the company that you work for that occasionally you, you have to arbitrate something for not your company, but two other companies, two other insurance companies. And what's interesting about it is, is they perceive you to be a non-biased party 
But because you work in the insurance industry and you've had experiences with other people, your biases in your lower conscience, you can't help but be biased unless you do a deep evaluation and you get God's help to make sure that you're not biased. Because in reality, for somebody to not be biased, it has to be somebody who's never been in the insurance industry and you know, it would have to be somebody who is, you know, wise or, you know, to be able to think things out and logical. But the objective is, is it should be somebody who's never done insurance work, who's never had to deal with insurance. But even with that, somebody, you might get somebody who's never been in insurance and they're going to arbitrate, but they had a bad experience with an insurance company and without them knowing it, that brings in a bias. And that's the biggest key is when we judge things, we want to judge it based on what is true and right. According to God, without any bias towards any other direction. And we cannot do that. If we don't draw it back to ourselves first, if we don't, find it in ourself, or at least find out where we've done it before. And guaranteed, if you haven't done it physically, you've done it spiritually to God, no question, without fail. So when you settle those issues within yourself, now you're able to deal with the other person and what what issue they have, and you're able to pass or bring judgment with a non-biased perspective. And that's factual. You know, we talked about this before, but when you see something in somebody else, many people will say, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. And, And all you have to do is watch them. And more than likely within five minutes, if not less than that, they'll say something about somebody else and they'll turn around sometimes even in the same breath And do the exact same thing that that person did, but not be able to tie the fact that they just did what that person did. And it works like this. When you see it in somebody else, you don't like, if I see stuff in you, I don't see absolutely every single flaw and wrong thing that you have. Why is that? Because... I only see what I recognize and how do I recognize it? Because I have it within my own lower conscience. Now it's not a conscious recognition. It's recognizing it in your lower conscience, knowing it's wrong within yourself. So in order to get it, it make it right, you got to make somebody else make it right instead of yourself. And it is a true fact that, Whatever you see in somebody else that brings you aggravation, agitation, frustration, gets you flustered, whatever it is, you have done and probably are still doing that very same thing. And the more it works like this, the less it bothers you, then it shows you that you have a little bit of that in your lower conscience, but you still have to deal with that before dealing with the other person. And the more angry or the more frustrated you get and the more angry you get, 
it's showing you that you have not just a log, but you have a forest of this within you. And people don't recognize that they tell on themselves by, you know, they'll get really bent out of shape and angry because of what somebody did and how it wasn't right. And they should never, but that's all biased because they're hiding their own, which is the exact same thing. And if you haven't done it physically to somebody in this world, you've done it to God. And that's a fact, you know, many, many, many people will, you know, they despise rape but they've raped God for their own pleasures to get what they want, what they will have, and not not think to correlate it to that they're treating God in this way, and they're uh, abusing God for their own gain. And so the best thing we can do is we see something in somebody else, I look at it as a mirror that I'm looking in, and the reflection that's coming back, what I'm seeing is what I need to dig into and look and figure out where I need to get rid of that. And when I do that, then that opens up the door for me to have conversation with somebody who might be struggling with the same thing and say, hey, do you want to heal from this? And if they say yes, then okay. I can help you, I can give you some pointers, but no matter what help I give you, you still have to do the work necessary to get it done. I'm not, nor can I do it for you. I can only do it for myself, which myself should be my first focus because I'm the one I have to answer for. I won't have to answer for you, Sean. And so it's really important. And as we speak and we do these podcasts, I understand that we're going to be held to a higher accountability than the people that listen to these podcasts because God's going, okay, are you speaking truth? And that's why we go with the mindset of speak what you know and know what you speak. Don't just assume you know. Don't just think you know. You know what you're talking about and then talk about it and know that it will not ever change from that perspective. You may be added to, but never change. God makes that clear. That's what we're going to teach. That's what we're going to talk about so that we stay in a place of not being judged. Well, as you're speaking, I mean, I know that we're speaking the truth because I'm living this very thing. I mean, this is, and we've said this many times that Yah will give great teaching, but the one that, as like you said, we call the golden rule that if you see it in somebody else, you are doing it, you have done it, that you cannot get away from that. I mean, it's just like once you know something, you can't unknow it that, I mean, we living examples of this very thing that I know for sure that the things that frustrate me and bother me are things that I see other people that I'm actually doing myself. And, and that's the way that you can get away from being the hypocrite is 
is you evaluate yourself before you say anything. It's not that Messiah wasn't saying that you don't ever say anything to anybody. It's just that you don't recognize that you're doing the same things. That's what makes you a hypocrite when you don't attempt to change anything. You just say, well, no, it's them, it's them. And no, you're being a hypocrite because you don't consider that or understand you don't see, like you mentioned, Revelation, you do not recognize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And because you don't recognize it, then how can you repent of it? You, you can't. You know, you, you have to actually see it, recognize it first, but then uh, do the work of, you know, you, you have to put in the work. You have to do the practice to, um, you know, to do this. But, yeah, just wrapping us up for this evening, you in this life and regardless of faith in Yah, everybody has faith in something. Either you have faith in self or you have faith in Yah, but you cannot get away from judging and this is a, a help to those that are listening that that you will judge you cannot get away from judging but make sure when you judge that you judge yourself and that you judge with sober judgment like the word says not being drunk well if you're drunk on something then it's controlling you and you'll understand it so the word of god speaks about judging but just make sure you know that when we judge we do not put condemnation um, on we don't condemn somebody else because that person, as the word says, is under condemnation already because they haven't believed in the Son. So find your place where you have the fullness of faith, and then condemnation will be taken away from you to where glorification will await you. And when you stand before God, instead of you being judged for sin, it'll be come into the paradise of God, prepared from you know the foundation of the earth. So. All these podcasts that we do, they piggyback off of each other. And this is just a beautiful way of talking about terms of the covenant that you want to be in covenant with God, then you need to recognize then that's you evaluating yourself, you not pointing the finger at somebody else, that you point the finger back at yourself. So just another one of those uh, terms of the contract, just to make sure that it's not just about making a decision to follow God, it's actually um, doing the things that uh, that is pleasing excuse me, pleasing to Yah, but Phil, that's a good stopping point. We've had really good Socratic conversation. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave anybody with before we kind of sign off for the evening? No, I would just say for one, don't judge somebody with condemnation, leave that in God's hands. And when you make a judgment, judge yourself before you judge others. Make sure you Fix the issues within yourself. Stay away from yeah hypocrisy, and I uh, you will find that it's just a much better life. And you don't worry about other people; it just takes away just another burden. Um, aside from that, I would just say that anybody who'd like to contact us uh, through Facebook, uh, Hidden Treasures Revealed, or through email, hidden treasures revealed at AOL.com. Uh, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Any questions, comments? Uh, maybe there's something that's been on your mind that you want to ask about or you uh, would like to know about that you can't get the answers for. We'd be more than happy to uh, dive in and see what we can do for you on that. So that, that's what I have for this evening, Sean. Well, 
we're very appreciative of Yah to be able to do this podcast and by the grace of Yah and with their will, we'll continue to do it. And, you know, just, um, Yah asks that you just help those that are listening in that are seeking with all their heart, that you speak to them, that, um, as they listen, if they're listening live now, or they listen later at different times that you will speak to them uh, through your truth and that you'll speak to each one as you will. And, um, good talking, um, to everybody. And, um, we will see you on the next podcast, but we appreciate you tuning in this evening. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.